conversation we're going to have. We're talking about narcissism today. And um, in a moment, I want to introduce our guest, but uh, it's okay with you. I'd like to talk a little bit about her and what narcissism is before we bring her on. Is that okay? Yes, sir, because I want to know what it is myself, so let it rip. (laughs) Well, I want to, we're talking about narcissism and the title of this uh, conversation today is going to start out as My Sister is a Narcissist. Um, this this guest got invited because a friend of mine, Susan, who's going to be on a little bit later, um, contacted me and said that she read an article by this person on Facebook, I believe it was, and thought it was really powerful for her. And so she recommended to me, I went and looked and I thought it was a great article and I contacted her and invited her to be on the show. And she was very willing and I'm really happy she's going to be here. But before I introduce her, I want to just give a brief definition of narcissism so that we know what we're talking about. You know, people are talking about uh, in politics, that term is used a lot in reference to um, Donald Trump and It's a serious personality disorder, and I want to read the Mayo Clinic definition for for it, and then we we can go ahead. Mayo Clinic staff says that narcissistic personality disorder, which is often referred to as NPD, is a mental disorder in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for admiration, and a clear lack of empathy for others but behind this mask of ultra confidence 
and this is a very important thing to know if you're ever dealing with one, behind the mask of ultra-confidence lies a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. And a narcissistic personality disorder, if it's meaningful, and I, I think it occurs kind of on a spectrum, it can be more intense in some people, always causes problems in many areas of the person's life, in their relationships, their work, their school, their financial affairs. And these people are generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given the special favors or admiration or attention that they believe they deserve. And the the definition says, and I think this is kind of a gross understatement, others may not enjoy being around you, and you may find your relationships unfulfilling. Now, the Mayo Clinic staff did not say what I'm going to say now, but I created this myself. Here's a quick example of the typical conversation with someone who is a serious narcissist. So let's say I'm talking to a narcissist, and I say to that person, hi, um, I was in Hawaii last year, and my mother died. And the narcissist responds, I love Hawaii. I've been there three times, totally missing the point. For a narcissist, everything is about that person. And from a psychological point of view, also from Jungian psychology, narcissism is a theory, and I don't know if it's totally accepted in the psychological community, but it's very, very popular in that. The theory is that narcissism rises out of a basic disconnection between the mother and the child, and there's a lack of bonding. Now, it might occur in other kinds of ways, but this is a very serious thing that happens, and it really dominates that person's life and especially their relationships. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. Um, I want to introduce this person. We're going to call her Jane Doe, uh, which I'll explain in just a minute why. Um, She writes that she was born in 1955, the youngest of three siblings, to a much older father and younger mother who was his second wife. Her father was a very successful banker, and her mother was a former executive secretary. She was musical at an early age and and received a bachelor and a master's of music degree from a major university. And she also collected a bachelor of arts in psychology along the way. She teaches music theory now and composition in the music conservatory and performs as a concert musician and choral director. And she's also written a novel unyet, uh, I'm sorry, unyet, unpublished as yet, and enjoys writing poetry, drawing cartoons and composing music. Her sister, the one that she's referring to as the narcissist, is a well-known public figure, and that's why she'd like to keep anonymous. This person is a very successful and accomplished person in her field. Jane, our guest, has two sons, one still at home. So, Jane, are you with us? If I tell her that uh, if, if I say we publish books, would I be a narcissist? No. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can help you out with that. <laughs> oh, well, that would be Jane, lovely. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having me on, on the show. show. I, I really appreciate you joining us. I, I spoke to you before on the phone, and it was really, really good conversation. And 
I welcome I Jane. Know that this... I haven't spoke to you before. Hi, Jane. Hi, Lamont. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. It's good to talk hi, to you. Hi, Matthew. Hi, hi, hi. It's, hi, it's all about me. It's all about me tonight. <laughs> I caught this disease on the way in. Uh oh. Well, we we know you got issues, but this show yeah, is not issues. about you. It's not about no, you because okay. we know you have issues. This is all about right. Jane. Okay. That's another show. That's a whole other show, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jane. Yes. Um, how would you like to start this conversation? I, these are this is a very powerful issue. It has very deep effects on relationships. It's very hard to to live with someone who has this difficulty. How how did this affect you when you were a child? Well, first of all, I'd like to start by saying narcissism really has deep roots in my family. My father was a very violent man and a narcissist. Um, and also my maternal, my maternal grandmother had narcissistic traits. So I, I'm suspecting that maybe there's a little bit of a genetic influence here, too. Um, my father, as I said, was very violent, but my sister was his golden child. And uh, she was really quite bonded to him and, and very jealous of anyone else who came between them. And uh, I think she was born a very angry and jealous person. And from from there, I, I suspect she might have been narcissistic all her life. My mother was well, not I, a narcissist and could never really understand my sister's behavior. But how, hmm. how this affected me was my, my sister had no empathy and so when when my father was violent toward me instead of comforting me she gloated she was older than me and uh she used insults and she also was somewhat abusive to me and my mother physically and emotionally so the it, it really affects the family in a number of different ways what happened with us is nobody really trusted each other was there was no basic family identity because everybody was kind of just going off on their own tangent and not really relating to anybody else. Mm. Um, my mother was an alcoholic. My father wanted to be in complete control of all of all aspects of her life. So that, that's a little bit of how, how it affected us. Well, controlling behavior seems to be, um, go, goes along with narcissism. Uh, would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes, he he controlled. He he wanted to control her drinking, and so he would mark mark her bottles with a crayon to make sure that she wasn't drinking more than he thought that she should. And one time when she passed out and had convulsions, I I called an ambulance, but because he did not want the neighbors to think there was anything wrong, he he told the uh, ambulance driver that I was lying and to go away. So that that oh was the goodness. time that I got into major trouble and for for trying to get help from my mother. Was your father the cause of her drinking? Uh, I don't I don't know about that. I mean I I really don't. I think there may have been a number of causes. Um, she may have just had the genetic tendency to be an alcoholic. Uh, her her it father sounds, also like committed suicide. Difficult... Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. But well, my father also Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said apparently you didn't get the gene. 
Well, I <laughs> I like the to think narcissistic I didn't. gene. <laughs> well, ne- neither did neither did my wonderful brother, who who is just a lovely person. So, no, I I guess we did not, and my my sons did not either, which I am very grateful for. You know, you said something to me in the conversation that we had when we spoke on the phone that I I thought was <laughs> important, and that was it, I, if I'm if I'm quoting you correctly, you can. It, you can make sure that I do it right. But I, what I heard you say was that other people in your family would not agree with you about this, about your sister's narcissism. And that, that in itself was a problem for you. She, well, not that I ever really shared it with anybody in the family, but if I did, they probably wouldn't believe me because she's extremely charming, very successful. And, she knows how to charm people, but but then there's this other side of you that if of her that if you cross her, she gets very upset, screams at you, will hang up the phone, and yeah, you you can't disagree with her. Gosh, I know so, a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah, and and my father was the same way. Unless you play along with him, he could be intensely violent, and uh, yeah. So there's there's that. I I think people don't understand that. There are people with narcissistic personality disorder who can be very successful and charming, but then there's that other side that you don't want to see, and generally the family members will see it. That sounds like well, a trait that a lot of business people have. Well, there's probably something to that. Yeah, I, I mean, there are some successful business people who are suspected of having narcissistic traits. I think Steve Jobs was one. I ain't said nothing about Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> who said he was successful? <laughs> well, he may he may find out that he wasn't, but he's been successful at uh, attracting a, a lot of attention. I, I I'd like to go back um, when when you said um, your life your life was difficult relating to your sister as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, she was very distant from me. She never wanted to play with me or relate to me in any way. Um, she would shut herself in her room, and if I came into her room to say hello, she would you know, quickly shoo me out. And She had very few friends. I think she had two friends her entire childhood, and they weren't all that close. So... Um, she basically was very involved in her own pursuits and uh, didn't want a little sister, and she ignored our brother as well. So that's that's what she did. And yeah, sometimes I would um, ask her. Oh, sometimes I would ask her for help with my homework, and she wouldn't. She would refuse to do it or tell me to go look it up myself. You know, <laughs> that sort of. And thing. you said, and you said she's the oldest. She she's older than I am, but she is a middle child. Our brother is is the oldest by far. He was from a first marriage for for my father, so he he was much older than she was, and uh, so he was impossible to bully because he was maybe ten or eleven when she came along. Mm-hmm. So so instead she chose to ignore him. Yeah, she didn't have no use for you because you just came into the family and started uh, stealing all the spotlight. Oh, yes, yeah, she hated that, and she admitted it to me, too, that she was 
very jealous of me when I was a baby because my father paid attention to me. So she she loved and and was obsessed actually with our father almost quasi romantically. It's very bizarre. But then our father ended up turning his back on her when she married someone he didn't approve of. So <laughs> that's how that worked. Ouch. Yeah. So either you did what your father wanted or you he had no use for you. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's a very narcissistic trait. Um, uh, how how do you relate to your sister today? Um, well, she lives in another state and we contact each other on birthdays and at Christmas time and uh I'm considering going no contact. But uh, really, we don't talk to each other very often at all, and it's mostly through email. You said you're considering going no contact. Right. I'm considering not having any contact with her. What? what are, both uh, your par- are both your parents still living? No, no, they are deceased now, and yes. So there, there's really not much of a reason to have any contact with her because she is so toxic still to our family. She publicly outed one of my sons for a medical condition, um, which caused him much embarrassment and and anger. So hmm. she's she's still doing it. She's still doing things. So how did how did your son deal with that? Um. He well, it's still fairly new, so he he's considering his options. Let me say that he's considering maybe speaking to a lawyer, but he's not sure what to do. Hmm. How old is That's he? All, he's twenty six. Okay. It's always messy uh, when family situations end up in a public forum like that because you oh, really yeah. end up washing all your dirty laundry and people, you know, people always stand back and looking like, wow, you guys couldn't have kept that behind closed doors. Yeah. Well, I think what I will tell him is don't do anything because any kind of feedback, negative or positive, will feed her narcissistic supply. <laughs> so I, I really don't think I want to feed anything. But that's his decision. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I have a question, and as as always, if in these conversations, if if our guest does not want to ask them, you can say pass, and we'll go on to another subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question is, what is your fear um, about her finding out about this conversation? Well, um, all hell would break loose. I mean, my my biggest fear, I guess, would be that she would contact other family members. And that the extended family would really, because they don't know her well at all, they they would uh, be easily swayed to think that she was perfect and that I was saying horrible lies about her. And, you know, uh, I don't want to get involved in that. Okay. I understand. I understand. My my extended family is very important to me. So, yeah. Okay. And, but they... They're important to you, but they don't know about this disorder. No, I, I don't believe that they do. No, they they know that my sister is a very successful person. She's kind of the family star. So, 
I'm inclined to just let them believe that, and I don't want to say anything that, that might mm. upset them at this point. Why should I do that? No, I can understand that. Um, yeah. So she has no relationship with you or well, your children? Not much of a one. <laughs> at at Christmas time, um, she will send presents, but they're usually a month or two late. Um, she's done things like sent my biological child a present, but not my adopted child. I mean, little passive-aggressive oh things like that. Yeah. I, I I got a question. You know, this one's just really been kicking me in the butt. Could it be a situation where that's part of her power is the fact that she knows nobody's really going to call her on it? And yes. if And if they do, she's going to scream and jump up and down the loudest. Could that be why she's been able to get away with this so long? Is because nobody oh. just really just checked her butt? That that's dead on. And and as a matter of fact, when our mother was alive, she did kind of, you know, she brought her down a few times. But now that our mother's gone, nobody does that to her. Nobody checks her. She um, and she is very successful, and she gets constant positive feedback. So she is unchecked, and her narcissism has gotten much worse. Really, you would say yeah. it's gotten stronger. I, I think it's gotten much stronger with age as she feels pretty much invincible now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I there was an incident that happened about a month ago and I can't really say exactly what it was, but there there was an article written about her in which she referred to me and and my mother in very unflattering terms and what she said about our mother couldn't be farther from the truth. Hmm. And me too, but you know, I'm I'm more wow. upset because my mother can't defend herself. Hmm. So Well, um Lamont, we have another guest named who's gonna use the name Susan today and uh, mm-hmm. would you think that you could bring her in? She's been talking to Jane also. She's the person that uh, put me in touch with Jane. Would you see if you can get her into the conversation? Yes, sir. Susan, are you with us? Yes, I am. Oh, there she is. Hello. I'm here. Hi again. And um, I want to say hi to Matthew and Lamont and Jane. Hi, Susan. It's nice to talk to you again. Nice to Speak to you and hear you again. Susan, also. how how is this affecting you listening to this conversation? Because I know that you've said to me, you and you and uh, Jane have quite a few similarities. Uh, we have quite a few similarities with uh, as to our relationship with our sisters, who have been very destructive. Um, they seem to have similar traits, which I realize is part of being a narcissist. Um, I didn't realize that I had a narcissistic sister. I just thought I had a mean, cruel sister, and I was alone with that. Um, until a friend of mine a couple of years ago told me uh, about her sister, and it sounded very similar to mine, and to James, um, lying, manipulating, trying to turn family members against 
uh, her um, jealousy and paranoia. Um, it, it was just incredible to me that someone else had the same thing. Um, mm. A little while ago, I was looking up narcissism on Facebook, and that's where I saw uh, something that Jane wrote and told you about it. Yeah, and, and uh, it's, you know, you two have never met each other, never spoken before, but it sounds like there, there are quite a few um, similarities between the two of you. And my question to both of you is, how does it how does it help you or support you to have this kind of contact with each other? I, I have some assumptions about that, but I'd really like to hear from both of you. What's it like that you two are beginning your conversation with each other about this? Well, well it it makes me feel yeah. like I'm not alone. And and uh like Susan, I felt that I, I I did suspect it was narcissism, but at the same time I thought, well, you know, maybe she'll get over it, or maybe she'll get better, or maybe she'll realize that she's now she's getting older that she'll want a sister. But no, I I have to accept the fact that it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. speaking with Susan, it's very comforting because I know someone else out there is can identify, you know, and feel empathy. Mhm. And comforting was the word that I was going to say. Also, um, I I felt that being able to talk to someone, and I spoke to Jane for an hour, um, I just felt that maybe we could help each other with some of the mm-hmm. craziness yeah. and eventually have some peace, and then we could work together, and maybe with others also. Because I want ask, to, uh, That's great. Can I ask a question, too? I want to know, is there a point or there's a line that you can draw between uh, a narcissistic person and just an overbearing older sibling? Because I know um, sibling rivalry is one of the worst in, you know, mankind, brother against brother, brother against sister, sister against sister. Mm -hmm. And I know the older sibling, and a lot of times in families, are the ones that left at home to take care of the younger brother or sister because the parents are, you know, out working and doing whatever. So that leaves the older sibling in charge of the younger sibling and a parental <laughs> role, more or less. And does that have something to do with this uh, feeding into this narcissistic behavior when this one sibling has to babysit this other one and really don't want to, but they're young, too, and immature? And does that make them a little mean and overbearing and that kind of grows with them? Well, Lamont, my sister is the younger sister. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily the older person that becomes the narcissist. And I don't have any other siblings, so uh, she's, it's just, has always been the two of us and rivalries since childhood, and now we're at the point I I don't speak to her anymore, unless I have to. (laughs) Um, The last five years, I've gone through a total nightmare with her because my um, mother was um, stricken with heart problems and was in uh, several hospitals and rehabs for a year before passing away. 
And at the same time, my father started failing with dementia. Um, Jane, in our conversation, also talked about um, having um, parents and a grandmother who was older and ill and how her sister sat back and didn't do anything to help with their medical problems, and my sister is the same way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, that, that's true. So it, and go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say in, in my case, the, the oldest sibling is is my brother. And I think when there is lying and destructive behavior and manipulation continuing through adulthood, um, you know, and we're, we're in our 60s now, my sister and I, so uh, that is more than just an overbearing sibling. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true. And we we were talking, Susan and I, about our our parents, and whenever there's a family crisis or someone is ill, um, my sister doesn't want to be bothered with anything because she's too important and too busy, and she want, wants me to do absolutely everything. When my mother and grandmother passed away, I had to handle the family business, sell the family business, clean out the houses and do everything, and she she didn't want anything but the money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had almost the same thing with my sister during my mother's illness, and she has passed away. Um, it, my parents gave me power of attorney, and my sister was very upset about that. But then I had to make every decision about their uh, medical care and finances, and this has been going on for five years. Um, it was very stressful dealing with the doctors, hiring aides and nurses, while my sister would speak to them and tell them that I was crazy, lying, and they told the medical aides that I hired that I wasn't going to pay them. Um, so she was projecting her own personality traits on you, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. And it was. And I'm still dealing with this because my father is still alive. He's in a nursing home. Um, I had to send him, well, he's been in two nursing homes. And um, my sister disagrees with every decision that I make. After a while, I, I, mean, I couldn't take it anymore, so I don't want to speak to her. Unfortunately, I know I will have to deal with her when my father passes away and everything that goes along with that. Otherwise, we don't talk anymore. I asked her to put aside all our differences so we could work together um, about my parents, and she just never answered me. So. Mm. Oh, boy. I got a similar response from my sister, except one time when I asked her to to please help me with something, she yelled at me and hung the phone up. So yeah, uh, I I realized it was better to do everything myself because then I I didn't have to deal with her. That's a that's a very common response. What you just said, Jane. That it's uh, easier. You get to the place where you think, well, I'd rather deal with this myself than have to deal with that. And that's the way they manipulate the situation not to be involved is by being so difficult. 
Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's always conscious or not, but it certainly is common to have that experience. The other thing you two are both talking about is, and I I think we're seeing it um, on the the public, in the public sector now in the politics, is that being loose and easy with the truth is in any situation that might serve that person, they will rearrange the truth to meet their needs and then be very upset with you if you ever accuse them of not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes dramatically so. Well, you know, one of the advantages of being the sister of a narcissist is that you become a little bit more sensitive to people who are lying to you. So Mm -hmm. it it can have its advantages sometimes. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we have somebody else want to join. I'm going to let him in and see who we have here. Uh, 310, you're on. But we hear a lot of store noise in the background. Okay, well, we have to keep moving. Lost that one. That's too bad. Yes. Oh, some of your family, Lamont? No. Um, No. Just kidding. You know, this is a very this is a very powerful and difficult subject for one for many reasons. But one of them is is that you're all old enough to know the the concept of being gaslighted and that yeah, that, right. that narcissistic personality disorder. People have a tendency to to tell the people around them, you don't really know what's real. I know what's real. And Mm -hmm. then they lie about it, and it can make you feel very crazy and doubt yourself a lot. Self-doubt has to go with the relationship to the narcissist. Would you both agree with that? Yes. That's one of the things that my sister was very good at doing to me is is telling me how how crazy and, and inept I was. Yeah, uh-huh. right. My sister told me and other people, her friends, family members, that I was nuts, uh-huh. etc. And it, I just would like to have the conversation about how can we go forward with this without, you know, making ourselves crazy. Uh, that's a good question. Um, before we answer that, Lamont, did you want to bring somebody else in, or you? Or yes, I, or I, I would love to respond to what she said. Okay. All right, hold on one second. Uh, three, two, three, you're on. We kind of play a play. Hi, can I play a play? Thank you for having me on. And I have a question: How do you deal in business with a narcissist and the controlling attitude that they tend to have? when they only see their reality, and they could be facing facts. And I understand that they could be facing facts, but that narcissistic attitude just tells you it's their way. How do you deal with that mm-hmm. in business? That's well, a good can question. Can I say something about that? Sure. I, yes, I, I think I have a little bit of a perspective because I used to work for a narcissistic boss, and it was very, very difficult. He had um, a, a, a small gathering of what we call flying monkeys, who are people who do his bidding and, you know, just think he's the most perfect person in the entire world. And those people also look out for 
maybe negative comments that other employees might be saying, and they report back to the to the narcissistic boss. So it was a very difficult situation. In my case, um, several people quit and walked out on him. I was one of them. Uh, it took me maybe two or three years to come to that decision. But in business, uh, you don't want to cross that person. You just want to... to flatter them and just do the best job you can and try to stay out of it and don't let it get personal. I think that's about the only advice I have. I think that's great advice. That's great advice. Um, the caller, um, would you mind saying your name so I can refer to you? Yes, my name is Terry. I'm sorry? Terry. Terry? Yeah, Terry. Terry, it's a it's a great question, and and I think what Jane said is really really true. Um, if it's if it's a person who is uh, very narcissistic, your best bet ultimately is to get away from that person and find another job. Sometimes that's not easy. Part of what happens to people dealing with narcissists is if you if you remember when um, Jane was talking just a minute ago, she said it took her a couple of years to do that. There's a certain level of self-doubt that comes up in people who are uh, relating to narcissists a lot. And it's very, unless we've dealt with one before, we do tend to doubt ourselves because they tend to be so sure about who they are and what they're saying. And, and it's a, it's a false surety, but it's certainly there. And so when I'm working with clients about this, I say there's three different things to pay attention to when you're dealing with the narcissist. The first one is to be realistic about your expectations. Don't allow yourself to imagine that they're going to be anything but that. And it's always going to be about them. The second thing is to limit contact. Sometimes we cannot end contact with a person who's a narcissist. It's just impossible. But if when we can, limit it. And the third thing is do not expect that person to change. In, in the psychological community, narcissism is one of the most difficult personality disorders to deal with. And... Part of the reason is they don't think they have a problem, so they very seldom show right. up in a, in a consulting room and ask for help. And if they do, I remember a few years ago I had a couple come to see me, and they had a lot of problems. And, and the woman kept saying, you know, my husband is the whole problem. And I said, well, I usually think it's 50-50. She said, no, I don't have more than 20%. I said, do you? She said, well, maybe 20 I said, well, tell me 20 And she couldn't even name a thing. So it was impossible to go anyplace because she couldn't identify anything that was wrong with her. Wow. Is, is, a nar- is a narcissistic person always negative? Not in my sister's case. She can be extremely flattering and charming, um, especially if she thinks she's getting some sort of narcissistic supply from it. In, in other words, fame, fortune, uh, adulation, you know, things like that. So, no, they, they can be uh, – you you can meet a narcissist and think they're just the most wonderful person in the world, and they can be extremely interested in you and everything. That My boss was that way, too. But then you slowly begin to find – it's kind of like an onion. You peel back the layers, and you find some terrible things under there. Mm-hmm. My sister feel themselves to you. My sister is the same way. She's 
um, very friendly, upbeat, and charming when she first meets people. But if you say some one little thing to her that she doesn't like, well, even if you said, uh, I, you know, that blouse doesn't fit well or something, she'll go crazy. Oh, well, uh-huh. get yeah. extremely angry. You can't criticize. Any little criticism is taken to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Terry, Terry, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. What What's your uh, thoughts about the, the responses you got about your question? Um, it, it was very helpful. I mean, I I know several narcissists, and I assess them as, like she said, controlling. Um, it's all about them. It's their way or the highway. They're never apologetic. Mm-hmm. They never see their mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're very right. condescending to you when right. they do realize right. that you have caught them and pushed them against the wall about something that they're technically wrong about, but mm-hmm. they'll turn it around and condescend you and make it your fault. Condescending is right. That describes my sister, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What lies underneath it? And go ahead, Lamont. I, I guess what troubles me and seems like uh, every individual I know have a touch of that in them. So I guess my question is: At what point does it really, really get negative? Because a lot of uh, professionals, I mean, they're just driven people. I mean, that's how they got to be who and where they are. They're just, you know, driven people. But I can see a person being you know, driven in a sense, but how much of that becomes negative or wrong or harmful to the point you start uh, misusing people? Well, when it causes troubles in your personal life, in your professional life, when it pervades your life and uh, makes everyone around you miserable, then it's definitely not, you know, it's beyond beyond typical behavior. And it's funny, what Susan was saying about her sister not being able to take criticism reminds me of something that happened between my sister and brother when my, my brother joked about the length of my sister's skirt one time. Just He was just trying to be funny, and she didn't talk to him for 10 years. So. Wow. Wow. I think, That's an extreme. <laughs> yeah. I, think we have, I think we have another caller, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Hi. Hello, Hi. you're on. Can I play a play? They, no. <laughs> That's a joke. Hello. Um. Hi. <laughs> Can I play Hi. a play? No. Um. I have a question about this. Um. I actually have two questions. Um. Who are we speaking to first? Yvette. Yvette, hey, welcome. Yeah. Welcome. So. Thanks for Hi, calling. Especially. I mean, I, obviously men and women can play this, but me being a woman and observing my relationships with men and how they um, interact with me, I've been to circumstances where one guy is, um, he's a little bit more in control in the power play. And um, in circumstances, obviously circumstances like that, you're just better off maintaining your own personal space, but observing like, a lot of negativity, a lot of the narcissistic behavior going on, like, you know, pursuing relationships unethically. Um, then this other guy in my life right now, he, um, it's very clear that he's a narcissist, but um, 
you know, pretty selfish person wanting everything on their terms. And um, I called him out on something, but he just kind of like was in like, oh, no, what would make you perceive that? I'm like, well, because I have a knowing, and I, you're pursuing me in a particular way that's giving me that inclination, but you're denying it now, which is hilarious. But it's kind of like um, in this circumstance, I'm deciding to be more in the power, take more control because I guess this person isn't, you know, powerful. These people think they're powerful. So, and they, there's an aura around these certain kind of people, maybe because they're charming and maybe they want to convince people that they are a certain way. But I realize that's obviously a lie. And you kind of know the truth. And it's kind of funny. And then, like, other people know the truth too, but no one ever talk about it. Mhm. Yeah, I think a lot of times people have some fear of it. Um, my question to you is: You said you have a guy in your life. Does that mean a person well, that you have no, been not, dating? No, we. It's, it could have gone there, but it didn't. Let's just say that. Thank okay. God. Um, right. Someone that was we're in like we in, we're in an environment where we um, socialize. And, um, you know, you, there's chemistry that builds between people. There's, an, there's a tension. There's a connection. There's, thing, there's something there. But then you're entertaining it because – not entertaining it like going out, but like, yo, that's a, that's a nice energy in the beginning. And then it starts to turn mm-hmm. kind of weird and kind of like yeah. bizarre. You're like, you're mm-hmm. a freaking weirdo. And then like but – then, but then he comes back, and there's that yin and yang pull. Um, and, um, and then you just get to a point that is just absolutely crazy. And then, then, but then they want to keep drawing you in in different ways, trying to see mm-hmm. what maneuvers, how you can be triggered or charged you to pull in. And well, there can be a lot of manipulation in that kind of relationship. Right. It sounds like you've you've had that experience with this person. Well, thus far, I mean, I feel like he was again. I'm pretty intuitive, but they didn't get me. <laughs> you want to put in parentheses, but there was still this kind of like, okay, this is interesting. Um, then it wasn't so interesting. But then he would keep coming back without keep going away. But then it was like, what are you doing? And then I called him on it, and then he denied it. I'm like, okay, that's good to know. Then now you need to be out of my space. Well, that was a good decision. I, as I'm, I'm going to say this again because so many people deal with narcissists have this sense of self-doubt. It's important if one thinks that one is dealing with someone who's narcissistic particularly in in a, a relationship that's just beginning, to pay a lot of attention to that mm-hmm. um, because they do have an almost impossible time admitting being wrong. The, kind of an interesting example of that was recently when Donald Trump sort of apologized. He said he had a regret about something he had said, but he didn't name what it was, and he wasn't mm-hmm. specific, and he didn't really apologize. That's about as close as a narcissistic personality is going to get to an apology. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really one. Um, right. And so it's important that you take care of yourself in that. Excellent, and yeah. do you have relatives that might fall into that category? Um, is that <sighs> Um, you know what? I don't think so, which is weird. Um, um you know what? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I know. I, I guess maybe my brother. Maybe he's in denial about. Certain, yeah, yeah, yeah. He creates storylines, and um, he might be, perceive himself to be the victim. Well, one of the characteristics of narcissistic personality, which Susan and Jane 
have mentioned is that there's a certain, often, this is not always true, but there's a certain kind of charisma a little bit, sometimes a lot, that goes with that. Yeah. A person that can initially generate a lot of energy when people have, this person's great, or they know what they're talking about, or Mm -hmm. they have special talent, and then we can get uh, seduced, is the word I was looking for. Right, exactly. Well, this guy, the guy I'm talking about, two, the two guys, one guy is being in a more, little bit more of a spiritual um, mm-hmm. arena. Those are easier people. Uh-huh. He had a little bit more power. So mm-hmm. even though I was in that group, so to speak, I could see what was going on. And I'm like, you know, you just cut your losses and whatever. There's nothing in the game but just move on because that storyline would have been a mess. And, they, and the story came yeah. out later on. But this other guy, he's not that powerful, although he does have – he's presenting himself to have charisma and charm and authenticity, which is mm-hmm. not real. Well, I, I I have quite a bit of experience with um, religious figures, and every yeah. once in a while, <laughs> I have uh, met imagine. ministers who, uh, one in particular, I'm thinking of this moment, who is the pastor of a fairly large church mm-hmm. and has a lot of those characteristics, and he's got a following, mm-hmm. um, right? But he will, he uh, if you if you question him, it's big trouble. Yeah. Big trouble if you question him. Right. Um, Matthew? May, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, may, may I interject something? Um, I happen to this, work this in a... This is Jane? Yeah, I happen to okay, work in ahead. a church. And, yeah, I, I work in a church, and uh, the the person I described before, the, the narcissistic boss, was in the clergy. So, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. And, and there are those types in the clergy, most definitely. Yeah, I, I don't think any area of uh, of work is exempt from that. I, I wanted to ask Lamont a question. Um, I'm wondering what you think. Is it is the uh, entertainment industry more um, maybe have a higher percentage of this than maybe some others? Um, I'd probably say yes because he might get. You probably industry. would say that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, I think they deal with more. Uh, well, let me see. Objection. Trying to trying to achieve appro- approval uh, mm-hmm. to to become successful, you know, because everybody's not yeah. going to like your art. Everybody's not going to like your craft, but you have to have a personality as such to to be strong enough and and you know strong enough to keep it moving forward. In other words, you know, you can't mm-hmm. be shattered by somebody not liking your voice or not liking your talent. You know? So, yeah, I, I, I would think so. Yeah, I, I would think so. It would kind of make you kind of lock yourself lock yourself up and kind of put a force field, you know, around your emotions and and just kind of stay focused on whatever it is that you're well, working it's the kind on. Well, it's the kind of business that um, offers a lot of attention to people who are successful and the narcissistic personality thrives on that, you know, a lot of attention. If you don't get it, it can be difficult, but um, when it could destroy about you earlier, if you don't get it. It could destroy a person oh, yeah. if they don't get it. You know, some people work yeah. their whole lives to become successful, and, and one day they wake up and say, dang, I still didn't make it. Now what? <sighs> yeah. Do you, do you think that it's more that the narcissistic person is drawn to the arts, or do you think that uh, being involved in an environment like that makes a person more narcissistic. Uh, 
Uh, I, I think I think that the latter, because of, of that desire to be uh, successful, that desire to be liked, that desire to be accepted, and and when that doesn't happen, you know what I mean. You really just got to suck it up and be a big boy and big girl. And I think when you do that, you know, I mean, it makes you stronger in a sense. I don't know if I'm explaining correctly, but yeah, you, you get stronger in a sense, and you kind of detach yourself so the next time you go out there and somebody is not approving of you you know you won't want to cry and run off well Lamont this is probably the first time I'm going to say this about you but you you're talking from a healthy person's point of view you, what you yeah, just described is life lessons that you've learned and, and grown from narcissistic personality disorder does not grow Remember, um, uh, uh, Donald Trump said he's the same person he was when he was like in grammar school. They don't. Grow. Well, that they might. Yeah, well, they that, that, that's true too. But they they still haven't grown. But they're they're still the same person they are. But they're still strong and and their their sense or whatever their object their objective is, mm-hmm. whatever their direction is, they're still strong in that. They may have not grown in other areas. But they're not going to let you tell them that they don't know what it is that they're doing right. when right. they've had so many accolades, and that's what mm-hmm. been allowing them yes. to do that. And then you've had so many other people that, for whatever their personality is, have been afraid to really step up and check these people. You know, because there right. has to be a balance Absolutely. too. Just because, just because you're a narcissistic personality, don't mean you're right all the time. But it doesn't mean that they're wrong either. You know, yeah. so that jealousy thing, that jealousy thing goes two ways. You know, yes, I know, you know, if if somebody's wrong about something, I'm going to speak on it. You have two things to do. Either you can accept it or not. But either way, I'm going to feel good the fact that I brought it to your attention. I'm just not going to let it go because I don't want to be, I feel like I'm not going to be accepted or shunned by other family members. Because if I don't speak up, I'm going to shun myself. And that's even worse. Well, that's an important well, point. I, I just want to know, Jane, did you want to get into this? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I was just going to say, as a musician, I meet a lot of people with healthy egos, shall I say. But, but really, I don't see that there's more of, an, of a preponderance of actual narcissism in musicians who perform. At, at least, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a classical musician, though, but I, I do see healthy egos, but nothing I would consider pathological except for a few mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but, the, but certainly the I mean you can have a lot of confidence and you can be uh, yeah, a very confident outgoing person without being a narcissist mm-hmm. yeah so so you're okay Lamont oh okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> can I ask a question yes sure ma'am. does the the, the what do you call it? Um, the um, narcissist. Do they just seek everyone out and see? Like, do they just plant a lot of seeds and see what food they get? Like, you know, like a parasite, just going for everything and anyone and see what bait they can get. Or are they particular about their procedure, their strategy, and approach to certain people. I think they're surgical in their approach. They study other people and try to right. see what their weaknesses are. Yeah, and that's, that's funny. My, yeah, I know. my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the funny thing do you is, really? is, I really don't, I don't have. A, not, I'm not narcissistic. I'm very strong within myself, and I know, like, trust me, I'll look. I'll be the first one to say I'm 
like not good or not perfect. I'm like, yeah, I have no problem. Tell me anything, and I, I'm humble. And but I know within myself I'm pretty strong, and I think this guy was trying to find a variety of ways to work my, work his avenue, but it didn't work. And he's I a have great a person as well. Yes. Hello. Yes. 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 I have a question. Hi. This is Gary. Oh. Um, wh- what is the uh? The separation point between egotistical and narcissistic. You've just asked a question that people write whole books about, I imagine. <laughs> that's that's not always easy, but I think you can tell one of the things that's true about narcissistic personality disorder types is that they, as I said in the beginning from the Mayo Clinic, they have little to no appreciation for the feelings of other people. They are not empathetic. Mm -hmm. And it's possible for a person to have a strong sense of themselves and to think they're pretty special, but at the same time be able to see their effects on other people and to care about them. And so that's the the cutoff point is the narcissist does not truly have an ability – to empathize and you can feel that when you're with them you can you can sense it if you pay attention are they concerned about their effects on me or on other people and over time and I'm talking not a long amount of time you can tell the difference between somebody just who who has a maybe a slightly inflated ego and someone who's crossed that line do you th- uh it Susan again do you think that um, someone who is narcissistic, as compared to someone who just has a big ego, that they have the quality of being cruel and oh, yeah. jealous? Um, go ahead. Cruelty and jealousy, when they're combined, the way you're talking, Susan, I think is a sign of the narcissistic disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right. we're talking about. Yeah, they do tend to go together. That kind of thing can be, the person can be very mean sometimes. And cruelty has to do with being mean for no reason. You know, it's right. like you, you add something in that didn't need to be there in order to <laughs> harm or hurt someone else. I, that's that's a really good the lack of Yeah. I've noticed I, that the people that, are, are, that have been abused, not everyone, these people I'm talking about, have had some kind of trauma or abuse, and they actually then now they're using the same kind of like avenues to abuse and, and traumatize as well, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, and they're yes. also quote unquote doing spiritual work. Mm-hmm. Matthew, well, I think we may have to do a part two uh, on this show. We're down to like maybe two minutes left, so I um, think that's a good idea. Yeah, actually, we I, I really appreciate, left on the show. I appreciate you, Jane, and Susan in particular for joining us. I know it's a big step. I know it's courageous on both your parts. And thank you so much for being willing to share with us. Well, thanks so much for having thank me you. on the show. I really learned a lot. And, Susan, I know we'll talk again. Right. And thank all of you also. I really appreciate that. You will were and are there to listen. And thank you, Terry and Yvette, for calling. It was great listening to you and talking thank with you. Thank you as also. well. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks, Lamont. 
Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And, okay. Um, we will be back next week, 2.30 PST, <laughs> right here. Uh, Dr. Matthew Anderson and myself. And, again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.